This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. But I believe that the church in general today, when we look at how much of an impact our church has within our nation, within the world, how much lives are really changed. And when we look at, again, within the church walls, the battles that are going on spiritually and emotionally and relationship-wise, people who profess to be believers. Maybe it's because we keep trying to offer up what's unholy to the Lord. How has your Christian walk been going? Have you seen great fruit or is it more like a drought? Well, if you're experiencing dryness in your relationship with the Lord, maybe it's because you've been trying to offer up to the Lord defiled offerings. Are you living in blatant disobedience? Don't be one thing throughout the week and then act like someone completely different on Sunday. God cannot bless hypocrisy. God desires worship that is in spirit and truth. Let's join Pastor David in the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verse 15, for today's study. Revival happens when we, as individuals, number one, we're convicted of our sin and our personal need to repent. Sometimes that happens church-wide, and that's awesome. Those are things that, no, we don't plan, hey, next March we're going to have a revival. You know, I think more often than not, we look back and say, wow, you know what? Last March, man, there was a revival that took place in our church. There was an excitement that took place. There was a, a filling of the Spirit, a stirring of the Spirit that, that took place. I don't think we can plan revival unless we plan that, you know what, we're going to have a time of just brokenness before the Lord. Don't even come to the meeting unless you're serious about being broken before the Lord. Unless you're serious about, again, just laying it all out before the Lord. Then we can plan revival. But I think revival happens more often than not when suddenly our hearts are pricked by the Spirit of God revealing the truth of who we are And then in obedience, we're broken before God with confession and repentance. And then we're revived, we're restored in just that infilling work of the Spirit. Now, it's interesting. They are, again, they're talking here. When did this take place? Somebody tell me on chapter or verse 15, it says when it took place. The 24th day of which month? When did Haggai's ministry start? Look at verse 1. The first day of the sixth month. We're only talking 23 days. 23 days later of, again, God working and moving in the hearts of these people that had gotten cold, that that had gotten satisfied, that had gotten complacent, that had gotten to the point of enough, I'm, I'm I'm just satisfied in my spiritual walk. My open prayer for you, and it is for me too, I'll never be satisfied with my spiritual walk because I know that there's always going to be more. I mean, when the Apostle Paul can say, you know what, I don't count that I've gained it, but this one thing I do, I continue to press on toward that high goal, then one of the things you and I need to understand, we we need never be satisfied with our spiritual walk saying, you know what, I think I've arrived. I think I hit the level. I'm good now. I'm doing good. No, you, you may have hit a level, 
But one of the things I know about the time we coast, what happens? We, we go backwards. You don't coast forward, folks. We always coast backwards. Within 23 days, God's stirring and moving them. Now the second movement of Haggai, there's actually four movements within this little two-chapter book, but the second movement comes in chapter 2, verse 1. Now we're in the seventh month, so we're uh, uh, the, just a month later, and actually on the 21st of that month, only about 25 days prior or after the uh, uh, other event, says, in the seventh month, on the 21st of the month, again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, son of Shatiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is it not in your eyes as nothing? Stop right there for a moment. I think in every one of our lives, I know in my life, how God moved at different times. There's been different times and different seasons of God's move and work in my life. And some of them, man, I look back at and say, wow, that was just such an awesome time, just an awesome sweetness of the Lord, feeling, experiencing just the power of God in my life in a way that I'd never, never experienced. Uh Tant and I were married for uh, a few years. Yeah, because we had kids already at that time. and So I know we'd been married at least uh, five or six years at that time. I'd been in ministry for a while at that time. I came to Christ as a senior in high school and just shortly after that got involved with ministry. And yet it was in those mid-70s that, man, God just got a hold of me in a, in a way that he had never done before. I know, I know that I was saved as a senior in high school. I know that. But man, about seven or eight years later, God got a hold of me in a way that he had never done before. And just that time, that, that presence, that, that feel, that strength, that overwhelming just work of the Spirit of God in my life was just so phenomenal and just so great. It was awesome. And then, you know, you just kind of keep going your life and, hey, it's great, it's great. Well, you know, it, it, it was very good. Uh, you know, it's, it's doing fine. Yeah, I'm still walking with the Lord. But the greatness, the power, the fire. Literally, the fire of the Spirit just was not there. And then several years later, again, the, just that outpouring of God's Holy Spirit in my life just again sparked me, woke me up again, got me, got me back on fire again for the things of the Lord. I want to tell you something. Don't look back at what God has done in your life as much as looking forward to what God desires to do in your life. We can spend all of our life thinking, oh, I wish it was like it was back then. Instead of saying, God, what new thing do you want to do in my life right now, today, even here in this place? What do you want to do with my life right now? Calvary Chapel, most of you know that, birthed out of the uh, late 60s, the big Jesus movement, just powerful, powerful move of God. Probably the worst thing that we could do as churches is try to look back and say, oh, we need to be like that again. The best thing we can do is to look forward and say, God, 
What do you want us to be now and in the future? And to continue to move forward in the kingdom. Because, guys, I, I believe that God is about new work. God is about rebuilding, restoring, renewing, reviving. But not to make us like we were, but to make us how we need to be right now. That's each one of us personally, and that's us as a church. Verse 4. He says, you're looking back at this thing, and in your eyes, what what is happening right now is nothing. And in verse 4, he says, yet now, and I want you to count them, be strong. One. Be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Be strong, two. Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, three. The people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you. What he's talking about is, man, the, I, 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 the way I take it, okay, he's talking about me as a pastor, he's talking about the leadership, he's talking about the congregation. We don't know. You know, people will ask every once in a while, especially when you have to deal with banks, well, what's your growth plan? I don't know. It's the same thing it's always been. We're going to teach the Word of God, and as many as come, come. Okay? Well, what do you think it's going to look like in five years? I don't know. We're going to teach the Word, and whoever comes, comes. And I think, but I do believe that as long as we're faithful to do what God has called us to do, God will bless it. If we're not faithful to do what God has called to do, I hope and pray that God does not bless it. Okay? He says, be strong, be strong, be strong, for I am with you. Verse uh, 5. He says, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Church, as we've looked at the Old Testament, what is the picture of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt? What does that represent? Coming out of the world. Absolutely. It, it represents our salvation. Biblically, we see that picture. They're under the bondage of Pharaoh. God took them out of that, their salvation. He says here, he says, according to what I covenanted with you, I promised you this. God does not withdraw his promises. He fulfills that covenant relationship with his people. He is faithful to continue to complete his work. He that's begun a good work in you will complete it until you blow it really big time. Is that what it says? Until you blow it a certain number of times. No. He will complete it until that day. That day. Why? Because he is able to complete it. He is able. When you and I are not able, when you and I are struggling, when you and I fail, guess what? When we're not faithful, he is faithful. Why? Because he will not deny himself. And you who know Christ, you've been bought with a price. He's given you that seal of his Holy Spirit as his. You're his child. He will, again, he will not cast you out. He says, be strong, be strong, be strong. I am with you according to all that I covenanted with you when I brought you out of, or when you came out of Egypt. So my spirit, what, remains among you. Again, the Holy Spirit, the seal, the down payment of our salvation. 
That God says, man, I'm giving you that seal, that keeping power of God within your life. I don't know about you, but I bought a few things in my life where I had to put a down payment on. If I only had to give like two or three bucks and then I decided, no, I don't really want it. No, two or three bucks, that's nothing. But if I had to put in like really, really big money, like 10 or 15 bucks, okay, that's where I'm at, okay, then I'm going to go through with the deal. God didn't give one or two bucks. He didn't give 10 or 15 bucks. He gave his Holy Spirit as that seal that he would fulfill his promise in purchasing you. That's God's promise. That's the seal that we have. That's the peace that he wants to give to them. In this place, I will give peace, says the Lord. A little bit later, I jumped way ahead. Verse 6. Again, thus says the Lord of hosts. Once more, it's a little while. I'm going to shake heaven and earth and sea and dry land, and I will shake all the nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. The interesting thing about this Second temple that they build. Now it gets restored a little bit more, gets a little bit more remodeled when Herod comes on the scene a little bit before the, the birth of Christ. But you know what? It's in this temple here that the Prince of Peace reveals himself. It's in this, this temple here that again, uh, that, that Christ is, is displayed and, and shown. It's in this temple here that he comes and for the, that last week ministers and is examined by these high priests just as that sacrificial lamb is examined. It's in this temple here that again, the judgment comes against him. Yeah. God says, oh yeah, this, this, my, my glory is going to be in this temple. I don't think they experienced it nearly what they thought, what they believed that they would. I believe this was again a prophetic declaration of what God was yet going to do. Let's quickly go into the third movement of Haggai, verse 10. Now we're in the 24th day of the ninth month. Now we're like two months later. We're in the second year of Darius. The word of the Lord came again by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts. Now ask the priest concerning the law. If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and with the edge he touches bread or stew or wine or oil or any food, will that bread or stew or wine or oil become holy? The priest answered, said, Well, no. So Haggai says, Okay, so... If one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these other things that are already holy, will they become unclean? And the priest answered, absolutely, yes, they'll be unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so is this people, and so is this nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of its hands. And what they offer there is unclean. On one hand, we get the promise of God 
I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm here with you. On the other hand, he says, but you know what? You're involved in some unclean stuff. And you're offering that stuff up to me. That's the stuff. That's the message, again, that the church needs to hear, I believe, today. Because the church isn't as powerful as we need to be. It's not because we're not big enough. It's because we're not filled spirit-wise enough. We're not controlled, led by the Spirit enough. And I'm talking about the church in general, the, the church of today. Oh, there's, there's, there's lights in the midst of it. And there's, there's fellowships in the midst of it that we know the Spirit of God is working. So please understand where I'm going with this. But I believe that the church in general today, when we look at how much of an impact our church has within our nation, within the world, how much lives are really changed. And when we look at, again, within the church walls, the battles that are going on spiritually and emotionally and relationship-wise with people who profess to be believers, maybe it's because we keep trying to offer up what's unholy to the Lord instead of allowing Him to, again, work in us His holiness in order that our lives might be, again, lifted up to Him not in perfection. You're never going to get there. It's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a heart that's broken before him. A broken and a contrite heart. He says, I'll never cast that out. But don't go through rituals. Don't, don't go through ceremony. Don't go, hey, man, I show up there three or four times a week. Hey, I brought, I brought four Christmas boxes. That ought to, that ought to like give me some kind of favor with God. No. And then suddenly this becomes an unholy thing. Suddenly you're, you're, you're teaching a Sunday school class. That's an unholy thing. If your heart's not in it. As a matter of fact, if you're teaching Sunday school right now, this is going to really mess up our Sunday school director. But if you're teaching Sunday school right now and your heart is not really in it to serve and honor the Lord, quit. Stop it. Or get your heart right tonight and then keep going. Okay. <laughs> But don't do it in your own strength. Don't do it in the strength of the flesh. Don't do it for any other reason than, man, I, I like, like Paul says, man, I, I can't help but preach the gospel. I can't help but be it. That's how we want our ushers to be, isn't it, Brian? You've been sharing with them. That's how we want our teachers to be. That's how we want our worship to be. That's how we want every aspect of our lives to be. That our life is lived to glorify God, to honor Him, to just enjoy Him forever. Amen. He goes on to say, verse 15, Now carefully consider from this day forward. From before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days, when one came to a heap of 20 ephahs and there was but 10 one came to the wine vat to draw out five baths from the press, but there was but 20. He says, that was back when I struck you with blight and mildew and hail and all the labors of your hands. And you didn't turn back to me, says the Lord God. 
consider now from this day forward. And I love it how he writes there. From the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Consider it. And then he gives this great little promise here. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree, they've, they've not quite yielded fruit. He says, yet, but from this day, I will bless you. You might look at your life and you might think, you know what, I've, I've, I've tried being like 100% on for God, but that was just like more, more issues than I could deal with. And I just failed so many times and I never really saw that fulfillment that you're talking about here. I never, never really saw that in my life. Instant results don't always happen in our lives. But God's promise is true. And you can depend upon that. I can guarantee you one instant result. I'll guarantee you this. Money back guarantee, okay? If today, the 6th of November, 2013, you determine in your heart and life, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm tired of playing the game, being one thing at church, another thing in the world. I want to really turn my life over. I can guarantee you this. Tomorrow, all hell will break loose against you. I can guarantee you that. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to. The enemy doesn't want you to succeed in that. And he's going to bring everything against you that he can to cause frustration and turmoil and heartbreak and just weariness. But guys, gals, the Lord is faithful to his promises. And he says, I will from this day, I will bless you. I will bless you. Take him at his word. Malachi says, hey, try me, test me. You want to see where you can test the Lord? Test him by being obedient and see if he won't bless you. Just walk in obedience. Again, Though, though everything else comes against you, it doesn't matter. I'm going to walk in obedience. The, the song we sing, uh, though, though none go with me, still I will follow. You know, I, still I will follow. God will be faithful. The fourth scene and final of Haggai, verse 20. And again, the word of the Lord. How powerful the word of the Lord is. The word of the Lord came to Haggai. Now on the 24th day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, the the governor of Judah, saying, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them, and the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. I don't know if you caught it there, but in verse 23 there, says the Lord of hosts, says the Lord, says the Lord of hosts. I can guarantee you, you seek to follow the Lord, your world's going to be shaken. Your world is going to be shaken. 
as you commit your heart and your life to Christ, walls will come down. Enemy will be defeated. You'll start seeing victory in your life. Obedience in one area leads to victories in others. And victories in that will lead to obedience in others and victories there. Small victories to great victories. doesn't mean that you won't have battles. But I can guarantee you that God is on your side. God is on your side. And if God be for you, church, who can be against you? From the book of Hosea to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi. The 12 minor prophets are rich with important prophecies, some pertaining to things that have already happened and some pertaining to things that are yet to come. Join us as Pastor David teaches through these books verse by verse. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to www.theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although The Open Word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for worship on Saturday evenings, Sunday mornings, or Wednesday evenings. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to theopenword.com and follow the link to Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande. Make sure and check out our Facebook page, log on to theopenword.com, and then follow the link to the Open Word Facebook page. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.